Valentine's Day is just around the corner. You knew that. And to celebrate, we're going to be answering a variety of marriage questions here on the podcast. I'm John Fuller, along with my friends and Focus colleagues, Greg and Aaron Smalley. And before we get to the questions, Aaron, how are you planning to celebrate Valentine's Day? If you can tell us that with Greg sitting right there. Mm -hmm. It could be a big surprise. Yeah. Well, it will be a surprise because I'm actually going to be out of town on Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, that's, and she's that's not good telling to you where. No, You've we've got talked to figure about this. She just doesn't remember, which is not yeah. uncommon. Right, John, we're going to see but a movie then. We are. <laughs> I'm going to be with a group of out-of-town friends that I haven't gotten to see in quite some time, which will be really fun. But then later that week... Greg and I are leaving to do a seminar in Hawaii. Oh, they and have marriages there too. Will be, that will be the actual Valentine's yeah. Day celebration because every day could be Valentine's Day. She happens to be meeting these friends in Hawaii. So <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'll just meet you there. I'm glad we record these because I'm learning things. Yes, is how it works, isn't it? No gift well, for Aaron. Let's go ahead and uh, take some questions. The first is going to be from Hannah. Hi, Greg and Aaron. My name's Hannah, and I actually have two questions. My first one is, what is a rhythm that you guys would suggest a newly married couple setting up within their first year of marriage? Because I've heard that what couples do in their first year of marriage, they tend to keep throughout their whole lives. And my second question is, um, what's a good way to stay spiritually on the same page with your spouse? Like, what do devos look like? Or reading your Bible every day with your spouse? Yeah, what would you guys suggest for that? I love that question because it's especially important, like Hannah was saying, that first year of marriage, um, we are laying foundations that will continue to travel with us through the longevity of our marriage. And so in that first year, what is a good rhythm? And what I say, if you go into it, knowing that we are prioritizing this very valuable thing called marriage, and that every decision we make, we're making it to make sure that we're honoring our marriage. Because what I've seen, often couples get married and they're like, oh, yay, now we can go to Bible study together and we can minister to the youth at our church together and we can do young life together and all great things. But what often gets missed then is just, you know what, being, just spending time together, praying together, being at home together, having dinner together, and prioritizing and protecting the marriage. Mm -hmm. And I love her question on just how do we stay on the same page spiritually. I, I think as I look back on our 30 years of marriage, and the research really talks about this, first and foremost, you have to be involved in a church. So you're attending weekly together. But the reason why that's so important is that you're building community. It's the community of believers that's so important because Mm -hmm. as we just go through hard times, we we need to celebrate something that's just happened. All of that really is why a community of, of friends, of believers who believe in our marriage, who want to strengthen and encourage, who are willing maybe to ask some some hard questions. It, it's so important and how that grows a couple to have that level of support. And then I would say praying together on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not the act of, it's not the actually the words even that, that we say that matters. It's, it's before we pray, asking each other, what's one thing that I can be praying for you about? 
that's what makes the difference because that's when you guys are learning new things about each other. I right. guarantee it. Yeah. When, when you ask your spouse, hey, how can I be praying for you for tomorrow? They're going to say something that in your mind you're like, oh, I don't even know that was going on. <laughs> yes. or, Whoa, that's, yeah, you're right. That is yes. an important one. I forgot about that. Yeah. Is this a really practical, easy way to stay um, current on what your spouse is dealing with? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this is then how you can pray for them. Good. And it's so key, I think, what you're saying, Greg, because it's been interesting hearing from my couples that I see and I work with. The ones that are reporting deeper intimacy, deeper connection with each other, I'll say, so what's different? And consistently they will say, we've been praying together or we've been going through a devotional together. Mm -hmm. And there's something so powerful about that. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more with what Greg is saying. And I just finally... <laughs> can, the can we play show. that back? Can I get a recording put yeah. on my phone? It's, uh, it's available uh, on any <laughs> for podcast. A small a donation no, of any, any podcast amount. source. You can go back and listen as much as you want. I'm going to just uh, tuck in there that for us, we've tried a variety of devotionals. It, we never get much past the first few entries. <laughs> but what we have found really effective, and I might have mentioned this, is a one-year Bible. Uh, we, we sit down, we each have a copy of the one-year Bible, and we do the day's entry, and we try to talk about it. And if I'm traveling, I try to text her a thought hmm. or two. And it's a window into uh, deeper truths that Dina so treasures, and I really find it to be helpful as well. So give yourself grace Good for idea. various seasons, make it simple, and let it be the springboard for greater um, spiritual intimacy. Well, let's go ahead and take the next question from Lauren. Hi, Greg and Aaron. I am a newlywed, and I really like to think ahead um, when it comes to different things. And so my question for you would be, how have you found that learning to show appreciation to your spouse has changed over the years? It's a great question because married now 30 years, things have changed. I, I would answer it this way, that that I, I love Gary Chapman's five love languages, you know, the words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, receiving gifts. I would argue that that probably won't change over the years. It's kind of like how I like to be loved is is through words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's true. It's just kind of day part of your DNA. That, and, yeah. yeah. Well, what I'd say that changes is just on a real practical level, Aaron and I love to, to answer this question, I feel loved when you dot, dot, dot. And that's when you can fill in, in this particular season, you know, I love it, Aaron, when you, you know, are, are being playful. I love it when you, you know, help out with, you know, whatever chore I have or whatever. Those are the things that can change over time. I think your love language is your love language, but just little things that in each particular season that, that you would like your spouse to do to help you to feel loved, I think that's what can really change. And even with the statement, I feel loved when you, I would start it with in this season, I feel loved when you, because it's so true. For me, there are certain things like right now in this season that has just been super busy. When I come home and there is dinner on the table and Greg has taken time 
to pursue a, a recipe and then I'm make dinner. I'm becoming an instant pot expert, Are you? by the oh, way. Oh, okay. So, it's yeah. kind of, as Danny Huerta might say, ninja-level cooking. <laughs> yes. So I come home, dinner's on the table. Yeah. I mean, that I feel so appreciated and yeah. seen mm-hmm. because that tells me I know that you're busy right now and you probably didn't even think about dinner, and I did. And I want to do that for you. That makes me feel so loved. I made her crab cakes gluten-free the other day with world crab. Oh. She requested it. Are there any leftovers? Because that sounds really good. <laughs> I just threw them in the trash today. Oh. I don't think you'd want I to I made her like that. I'm not sure yeah. real crab can stay in a refrigerator for <laughs> yeah, a quite week oh, well. without making you very ill. Okay. Well, let's move from culinary expertise to the next question. And uh, this came from Jonathan. He wrote... What do I do if my fiancé and I have different church preferences? I would say it's so important to talk about this before you get married and to sit with someone wise, your your premarital counselor, a pastor. You know, how do we navigate this? Another couple that has dealt with this exact thing, sit with them and get their advice and, and their encouragement about how do we best navigate this, especially when we have kids. Because I'll tell you, John, I have multiple couples that I've worked with over the years that this has become a big deal, mm-hmm. a big separating, dividing point, because one person will start trying to win the other person over to their denomination or their tradition and it it causes the other person to go you know what I feel totally manipulated and devalued because you knew that this is what I was walking into this marriage with and my beliefs so so important to talk about it and to acknowledge how are we going to manage this are we going to you know remain in separate denominations or separate churches or are there ways that we can cross over this goes back to something uh, Greg that you and Bob Paul wrote about in a book about find the win win because mm-hmm. you don't want one spouse to feel like, oh, okay. As you, I, I can just picture there are two different churches, there are two different sets of schedules, two different groups of people. That's not a recipe for oneness in the marriage. It, it's really not. And I would even offer this as a stronger advice. Don't do that. Okay. I, I, I get that we all have our faith traditions and that can be very hard, very scary to think about something different, the benefits that you guys get when you find somewhere a different place together. So maybe it's the win-win is, well, you went here, I went here. We're not going to go to either one of those. Let's find something else that we both can do. Mm-hmm. The benefits of building community is what we'll be missing. And that's a huge, huge important piece mm-hmm. for, for any marriage that's going to survive long-term. You have to have that, that community that the, of the believers that you're connecting with on a regular basis. And so it's really not about the denomination. It's about those people and the benefits of you guys doing that together. I would not ever encourage a couple to do separate churches. If you love a certain church, tune into their podcast during the week yeah, or, or find a re- way to yeah, stay connected. Whatever. But find somewhere where you guys can worship together and build that community. Yeah, that thought came to me as well because of your answer to the first question to Hannah. You taught you really emphasized community. It's and, huge. And, and Dina and I have different uh, preferences regarding the style of worship and the type of preaching, although we're closer on the preaching part. But we've just plugged into a church and stayed there for 30 years now. And it's gone through changes. I mean, the form has changed, but the connections with the people, rock solid. That's the true value. Yeah, that's that's where you want to be as a couple. 
build now and we've had the benefit of a, a life group if you will for the past 20 years oh my goodness how life has been better because yeah. of those people I who agree. are cheering us on so uh, I hope, uh, Jonathan, that that really was helpful. Let's go ahead and hear a clip now. Uh, Alex has a question. Hi, my name's Alex. Um, I was wondering what I should do if I know my spouse is discouraged, but maybe she is resistant to admitting that she's discouraged. How can I support her? Well, it's that's an interesting question because there is not a whole lot that we can do to make someone admit what they're feeling. Um, bottom Although line, you try with me a lot, but that's okay. I have I suggestions, ah. but it's your your feelings, <laughs> your choice, <laughs> your choice to feel that way. I yes, know, I'm just joking. So yes. it's it really is. It's just looking at you know if they're discouraged, that is in as we talk about often on this podcast that that's in their yard, and you can just let them know, hey, I care whatever you're feeling, and you have every right to feel whatever it is you're feeling. And if you're feeling discouraged, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm here and I'd love to listen. I care that you're, I see this is what I'm noticing, um, but I am not going to try to change or manipulate or, you know, whatever it is. You're feeling what you're feeling and I'm here. How can I be with you, support you, and help? And, mm. and, and yeah, Dina is not looking for my answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's looking for my empathy to say, You're wow. You're caring, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, so often is that we step into your, I need to fix. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fix what you're feeling, and then thus the message that gets sent is there's something broken because I'm discouraged. Mm-hmm. Or it, versus I'm just discouraged. And it's fair to, to take a look at my desire to get her to admit that she's feeling discouraged is probably has more to do with maybe I, I feel uncomfortable with helpless. what's going on. I feel helpless. Maybe it's impacting me, our marriage in some way. So, I mean, just notice what's motivating me to, to go it that way versus to shift the goal really yeah. should be about, John, as you were talking about caring. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate that. Let's go ahead and hear the next question. Uh, this comes from Peter. Hi, Greg and Aaron. Tell me about your favorite date and why. Hmm. Honestly, for me, one of my all-time favorite dates is when Aaron surprised me with this idea of wanting to hike a mountain range that, as we live in Colorado Springs, is very close to us called Pikes Peak. It's a 14,000-foot peak, and I didn't think she had any interest in doing that. We love to hike together, but it was like out of the blue, let, hey, let's do this. Let's You and I, let's get to the top, and we actually did that. And why I loved it, one, it was it just was this impromptu adventure. She set it up. She had someone who was going to watch watch our kids as well as pick us up at the top. So we just had to get to the top. We didn't <laughs> yes. have to climb all the way down. Yeah. I, I just, every part of it, I, I loved when we were in lower altitudes in the trees, just the conversation. We're walking by river. Do you and, remember the stinky dogs? And there's dogs that... that left their owners and were walking with us, but had gas, something they ate, the altitude, no idea, but we kept going, whoa. Yeah, yeah blame what? it on the dog. I like they that. Smelled. <laughs> what is that? It just, there, there were yeah. so many fun parts to that. It was such a grand adventure that I just so connected with that. And she did it as a surprise. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. And so many of my favorite dates are when we're traveling. 
And because we go to these new cities to do a marriage event, which I love because that's so connecting for us. It's almost like a date, although it is not. It's It's work. It's work. It's ministry. Mm -hmm. But we love it. And it sets us up then to go and do something fun after the event, if we have time before we come home, and just exploring new restaurants and new types of food and, you know, doing places, something yeah. new in new a new place. shopping areas, well, that's yeah, what yeah. she's yes. really saying. I've heard do something new on a regular basis with your spouse mm-hmm. that you neither one of you has done Mm -hmm. and there's an element of uh, uh, you use the word adventure there's Mm -hmm. an element of adventure and you learn stuff along the way Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. that's Mm -hmm. good i appreciate that peter we'll uh, look forward to you telling us what your favorite day has been (laughs) Um, let's go ahead and hear now from ariel hi greg and aaron my name is ariel and my question is for people who are newlyweds and are living away from their family what is your best piece of advice to deal with being away from family for the first time this was so our story. Mm-hmm. When when Erin and I first got married, I m- instantly moved her out to Colorado, to Denver. She grew up in Phoenix. So this was really the first time, right, for you, Erin. The first time I was yeah, away from away. home. Yeah. And, you know, as I look back, it was the very best thing that we could ever have done. It wasn't without its challenges, but just the fact that it was just me and Erin taking on the world it was just she and I for support. I mean, we had to lean on each other in a very different way that would have been different had we been around all of our friends and family from, you know, when we were growing up. And there was just a, a way in which that our, our teamwork, just, just us being a couple, which takes time, but I, I think it really accelerated that that process, and, okay. and I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, that's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of loss that each person experiences Yeah, and I wish, looking away. back, I didn't expect it was going to be so hard, but I didn't realize, like, this is my first time away from my parents, away from home, and I have a very high-stress job, and it's a new job, and we're living in a new place, and we're married, and we're trying to navigate just the dynamics between us. Everything was new. And I wish looking back that we would have been able to just sit and talk about what's this like for you? I mean, I knew I was struggling. Grieve the loss. Yeah, Yeah. and just together, even just acknowledging that it makes sense that this is hard. And, you know, just caring about what is this like for for each of us and acknowledging, because I will often say that first move is the hardest. That was my hardest, and I see it consistently that when people make that first move away from home, it's all new, yeah, and it's hard. And you get to go through this as a couple. I mean, I, I'm thinking back to our first Christmas here uh, in Colorado Springs. We weren't newlyweds. We'd been married six or seven years. We had a couple of kids. It was difficult. We, we had lived 15, 20 minutes away from Dina's parents. Now here we were doing Christmas on our own. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting, but it was a little bit scary because, like, what are we going to do? But ultimately, um, it seems like slowing down and enjoying the moment and allowing yourself to kind of dream about, well, this is what it could look like as we move forward, uh, while acknowledging the loss, the pain, the awkwardness. Um, that's, that's all part of the package, isn't it? So, and I think it's still, it, and it makes then the time we spend with our families, I think, a little, a little bit richer richer yeah. sweeter because it's more intentional Got it's it. not that we just hey drive around the corner travel 30 minutes and so that that was another benefit that we saw very good well let's go ahead and keep moving we have a question now coming from gabriel 
Hey, Greg and Aaron, just a quick question, kind of fun question. Who does the dishes more and who cooks more often in your relationship? <laughs> and longtime <laughs> listeners are going to know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, we've always had the rule. I don't know when we came up with this rule, but we lived by it that if, if someone cooks, the other person cleans. And so rather that was... You know, Aaron, I think for the majority actually of our marriage Mm -hmm. was the one that cooked, but then I would always be the one to clean and do the dishes in, and yet what, what, what we keep talking about is this idea that, that every marriage has seasons and, and if you just continue to function as we've always functioned without talking through in this new season or, Hey, things have changed are the ways that we have divided out chores and responsibilities that still work for you because you know, Aaron, um, last couple of years has started her own private practice and that's just been thriving, but it's, it's created some, some, a different need from her And and she sat down and we talked about just, you know what? Yeah, I've, I've cooked for all these years, but it, it's just, you know, it'd really be helpful if, if, if I would start doing that. And so that, that has changed, mm-hmm. you know, to where I've taken on and not all, cause she's such a good cook that anytime she cooks now, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this versus <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Do, does she instapot as well as you? No, I don't. <laughs> but so often he's like, how did you do this? I'm like, I followed a recipe. Oh. <laughs> I can do that too. No, and I'm she, like, you yeah, can do no, that. She, she's it, a good cook. It is so true that it has changed over over the seasons because when we had younger kids, I was home more during the day and I could think about, gosh, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And not that I was super regimented with that because I know there are those women and, and men as well out there that meal plan. I am not super structured. So it was very, sometimes a little chaotic. But in this season when I'm working more and seeing clients and sometimes seeing clients into some, you know, early evening hours when I would get home and there would be nothing to eat. And I'd be like, uh, what are we going to eat? I could warm that for (laughs) you. But Greg has really taken that seriously. He knows if I am working in evening that he's on for dinner. These are the kinds of things we have to talk about as we're getting married. And then I I really appreciate the emphasis you're putting on seasons because Mm -hmm. there are seasons and um, and I think we just have to keep things on the table, uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and I tell you, the other thing that I've learned from from taking on more of the cooking is that even though for a long time my job was to to clean, honestly, there was never a moment throughout the day that I was worried, anticipating, thinking through: Do I have enough cleaning supplies? What you know is the sponge nastier? Do yeah. I? I never did that when I started cooking. I had this huge epiphany one day, you know, never throughout the day was I thinking about when do I need to thaw the meat. And it just, what it caused me to realize is that Aaron had been worrying about cooking throughout the day. And all the elements. Alone. Yeah, there was all that responsibility. And so that would be my biggest encouragement. Whoever cooks and cleans, however you guys decide to, to split that out, Make sure that no one feels alone in doing mm-hmm. that, and that that you just talk about it. Yeah. In in maybe there could have been some things all these years that I could have yeah. been doing differently that would have helped you not feel alone. Well, and that infiltrated other areas in our relationship as far as you know. Um, 
if a child has a doctor appointment, who's taking him? It was always me before, but now Greg has stepped into that as well and just has, you know, who's going to pick Annie up from school? Sometimes it's Greg. And there's just, we're doing such a better job of communicating about that and working together as a team around that. Excellent. Well, let's uh, continue on. We have two more questions. One is from a listener, Susie, who wrote to us, and she wants to know from you, Greg and Aaron, how do you keep the romance alive after the honeymoon phase ends? Well, I tell you what, the research is very clear. They, they actually have this down to the day that the honeymoon lasts exactly two years, six months, and 25 days. Now, come on now. <laughs> Who is they and what does that mean? Yeah, they did. I mean, it was like 10,000 people that were polled, and they that's what they came up with that's from, when the, from when reviewing it, the, when all it that. When it wore off, I guess? Yeah, just the, the point being that certainly after two to three years, you know, that, that initial honeymoon high, it just tends gotcha. to wear off because we get habituated. In other words, we get into routines. We just mm-hmm. get used to each other. And there's something comforting when we're in these routines and, and we feel like we know each other and we have those habits going. The problem is, is that that doesn't do anything for our the passion and romance within our relationship. No, nope, habit doesn't help there. And that's why Aaron and I really do believe that 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 the the answer to what is true romance <clears throat> is honestly not the gift, not the fancy date, not the thing. It, it's it's honestly it's an attitude, as we talked about earlier, that one lifetime isn't long enough to truly get to know my spouse. After three years in a marriage it's easy to settle into, oh, yeah, I know how she would answer that. I know what she's thinking. I Mm -hmm. know what she's feeling. It's just the worst belief to fall into because I want to instead really treat Aaron as if you're constantly changing, therefore I need to update my knowledge. That's what keeps romance alive. Yeah, and what I hear you saying, um, kind of the corollary is when I think I know and I stop expressing right. or engaging in, in questions, asking, yeah. that's when, oh, things are going to deteriorate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to do that each and every day. And just simply spending 10 minutes, we've talked about this before on this podcast, you know, it's 10 minutes a day of talking about inner life stuff can make so much difference. I was just working with this older couple. Um, I think they were in their mid 70s and they have been working on reconnecting just on daily conversation and in, in also being intentional about having heart talks and just how precious it was to see that they were being successful in this because they were being intentional. Gotcha. And the connection that it brought, the daily connection and the daily fascination that it brought for them with each other after so many years of marriage, they were willing to try something new. Oh, that's encouraging. And it's never too late to keep growing. So uh, final question. It's a big one. Comes from Bailey. Hi, Greg and Aaron. My name is Bailey, and I was just wondering, how did you know that your spouse was the one? I love this question. Because? Be- well, because I... <laughs> he I, just I, loves it. You know, we, we hear this a lot, and you know, I always want to start by going that, that Aaron and I don't believe in sort of this magical, the one that God predestined this person from the beginning of time to be your soulmate. We don't that you believe, have to find. Right. And we don't believe that because we don't believe God is a matchmaker. He's created a whole bunch of amazing people in a part of free will and choice 
is that he allows us to pick certainly dialed into God yeah. praying this through and really being connected to him is important. But at the end of the day, I think it was so important for me to, to realize that, that, that I was choosing to make Aaron the one, in other words, soulmate, S O L E <laughs> the one and only yeah. person that I want to spend my life with. Remember we talked about the traditional wedding vows in mm-hmm. the very beginning. Yeah. Well, it begins by I take you to be my wedded, you know, wife, husband. the The whole point of that one is remember that that that's all about me acknowledging that this is my free choice. That I haven't been forced into doing this. That I don't believe that. Oh, this is the magical one. Because why that's so important is at the end of the day, when Aaron and I go through the inevitable challenges and struggles and the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. That every single moment I want to go, I picked you, I chose you, and therefore I'm responsible also for the state of this marriage. Mm. And mm-hmm. and I, this is not just going. Well, you know, God was the one that brought us together, and thus He'll 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 make the way, depending upon God, drawing upon His strength, His wisdom, but knowing that at the end of the day, that I'm still responsible yeah. mm-hmm. for this marriage. That's that's hugely important. And so along those lines, it's making sure you're making a good choice. And so, what are some of those things that you can be looking for in a potential spouse? You know, what's their character? Um, what character qualities are important to you? Is it a good match? You know, how does your family and your close friends feel about your connection with this person? Um, do you have similar goals? And, you know, do you see things from the same perspective? Do you have similar morals and values? Um, how does this person handle my heart during conflict? But I always go back to, does this person that I'm choosing show evidence consistently that they have a conscience, that their conscience is developed, that they don't lie, that they don't cheat, that they don't try to get the easy way around anything. Is it that, you know, what character qualities are they showing you that show that they do have a conscience? Because that is deeply tied to marrying a person with good integrity and morals and values. Well, that's right. And we appreciated so much uh, those who asked questions. Uh, A couple of episodes ago, we mentioned our free online marriage assessment. And Greg, this is a really wonderful tool for couples to use, regardless of how long they've been together. Tell us more. You know, what's what's so incredible about this assessment is that, as I mentioned before, a million people have taken it. And so part of what we've learned then are what are the top areas in a marriage that people really struggle around. So the top five, sex, communication, conflict, making decisions as a team, and then time together as a couple. So all of us struggle within those areas at different seasons Mm -hmm. or in different moments. You might be struggling in one of those right now. The great news is, is you take this assessment, it'll show you exactly how you're doing in that area. And then when you're done, we will give you, in many ways, we're customizing this by offering you additional content, whether that's a, an article, a video, a podcast episode, something that you can then use to, to grow within that area and keep learning. You know, so for me, when Aaron and I took this, 
you know, my my report looked really well. Aaron was super low she in the area of, work, yeah. of, you know, conflict. And so for her, you know, We're learning totally joking how about to this, exactly. Yeah. No, but what it does is it just it gives us as a couple very specific ways to keep growing. And that's that's I mean, when you think about it, that's what marriage is about. Yeah. How do we keep growing and learning and just and just over time just finding those areas that we can just do a better job in. I appreciate that so much. And yes, uh, I just last night told Dina, I'm so glad that after 37 years, we're still growing. You're still hungry to improve and grow as I am. And so uh, that heart is captured in this assessment. Be one of the million or so who have taken it. It's not a long, uh, arduous process. It's very beneficial, and we'll link over to it. And then be sure to look for the book Cherish by Gary Thomas, which is a perfect follow-up for so much of the content we've uh, discussed in this series. We're making that available for a gift of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family today. So look for the details in the episode notes. Well, we so enjoyed having this time with you during this season, and please know that we're here to help with any family need that you have throughout the year. Uh, I'm John Fuller, and for Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for listening, and keep on loving well. I got this feeling you could be mine So let's ride